The Why Me Project, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Here's a question, Ollie. Rank it out of 10. Do we like to talk more music? Do we like to talk more movies? Do we like, because it seems as though through these years, we've, I mean, being in radio, we talk a lot of uh, music, but we also get to dive into film. I like to talk film, honestly. Like 20 years music, I'm excited. I love how music works in film. We kind of live more in a, a visual age now and exciting to to see the lines blur between those who used to work music industry, those who worked film. And now it's it's kind of a, an exciting world that we live in when it comes to entertainment. It's like movies have now become a live action. Yes, you and they have. See what I did there? <laughs> I see what you um, did there. We have uh, film, TV, music. He produces everything pretty much. I mean, he's actually going to produce this show as well at some point, I'm pretty sure. Adam Anders, my friend, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Thanks for saying uh, yes. We like to ask this skill testing question because we never know where it's going to go. Adam, who are you and where did you come from? Well, I'm trying to figure that out. I came from Sweden. I'm born in Stockholm. And I started as a bass player in the business, uh, Mm. in music. Then that became songwriter, that became producer, then that became songwriter and producer of movies, and then that became writer of movies, and then now I'm a director of movies. So whatever. It's a very strange path, but uh, here I am. But I've done a lot of stuff over the years from, uh, I don't know, Glee to Rock of Ages to High School Musical to just artists like Backstreet Boys and just a lot of it's been a long career (laughs) i'm very tired (laughs) this is what we love about someone like you though because holly and i are like okay well we own cds um we put our pants on once uh and Mm -hmm. you just seem oh yeah i did this this and this and this do you ever just sit back and ever just think wow i can't believe this is the life that i've been able to live 100 i i said all along um if my career ended tomorrow i'd be like wow okay Mm. didn't see that coming um and it, it's interesting because um, as a bass player, my dream as a kid was to be a bass player and I'm um, directing movies and writing movies. And I'm like, I never saw that far. But even my career as a bass player was great. And my career as a songwriter was great and had all this success. I'm like, wow, it's amazing. But I was still like, this isn't the thing. You know, mm-hmm. I was always creatively a little unfulfilled, not malcontent, mm-hmm. but unfulfilled. And I think that's the thing that kind of was planted in me, keep pushing me forward to where I was supposed to go. And finally, now, when I was directing this movie and I'm like, this is the thing. I found my calling in my 40s. How about that? So now I'm starting over again. Whole new career. Back to square one. But that's okay. I still keep thinking what I want to do with my life. And so I think it's always important to have that that posture of Mm. what's next? Because Mm -hmm. there's so many opportunities and so many different angles. And you just never know where God's going to take you. It's like, thanks for being faithful in this area. Let's try this mm-hmm. one out. It's important to also be grateful and thankful for what you have. So, you know, so it's so easy to just go. You're in the moment, like you're supposed to enjoy and you're just thinking, what's the next thing? You know, we, we yeah. shouldn't be like that either. We need to like take yeah. the win is what I say. Right? Just take a moment and go, this is amazing. Um, but then we have to turn and pivot and go, okay, now we got to keep going. Because if you're standing still, you're going backwards. You know, you, we have to keep moving forward. You know, there's things to do and, um, we need to learn and grow and keep them, you know, we're all being shaped, you know, we're never, uh, we're not supposed to stay the same. No, you know, we aren't. So how old were you though, when you came over to uh, the U S and, and started that next phase of your life? It's complicated. So, um, I grew up 
in in the ministry actually my parents were in the ministry so we traveled okay. all over the world missions and, and music ministry and but we were based in sweden for a while and then it started you start realizing it gets really cold in sweden it's really dark and nasty so they would start coming here to the u.s mm-hmm. and so i kind of went back and forth my whole life so hence no accent um and then when i was 13 i started studying uh bass at university of south florida in tampa so we moved there and oh. I studied music while I was doing, I was, I'm an OG homeschooler. Yay! So uh, <laughs> I did my, my <laughs> junior high or middle school and high school by uh, correspondence while I was studying music at the USF. Okay. And then when I was 16, I was done with that. And I was like, well, what do I do now? I'm moving, moving out and start gigging and started playing bass in Nashville. I moved to Nashville first. I've lived several lives already, <laughs> but it's fun. You know, it's like, you have to be open and willing to fail. You know, I was like a top bass player in Nashville and I just walked away from it because I was like, this mm-hmm. is the thing. And I've done this. This is great. I achieved this, but this is not all I'm meant to do. Uh, and then I dove into the next thing and I didn't know what was going to happen. You know, people are, so you're crazy. You're like, you're making great money. You're young. You're, you're, and I'm like, what are you doing? I'm like, yeah, but yeah. I got it. It's not about money. Mm. You know, it's about creating and finding your, your meaning and, and your purpose and following your calling and, you know, meaning doesn't come from money. It doesn't come from that stuff. It, it comes from knowing you're on the right path and you're you're doing what God's kind of created you to do on earth. And if you're not in that path, then you're something's off. <laughs> like I gotta find it, you know. Yeah. So I've exactly. just been on this crazy journey to find that thing my whole career. When it comes to the faith side of things, I mean, you're a part of ministry. Holly and I love to ask, there's a point in time. Yes, you can grow up in the church, but there's a yeah. part when your faith becomes your own, when it's not your family faith. It's mm-hmm. not. Can you think of that time when all of a sudden this is now Adam's faith? Yeah, I'm not a good spoon fed kind of guy. Um, no. So I definitely went on that journey as well. I'm a pastor's kid, but I never have that um, thing where I'm going to rebel. I don't want to. I'm not going to be a Christian anymore. And you like ministry more than me. I never had that. So my, my mm-hmm. parents were great. They gave us a long enough leash to where we were allowed to listen to all kinds of music. We were allowed to do certain things. And I think that was good. Um, we didn't feel so sheltered and boxed in. Um, but I also think, you know, they modeled their faith, um, but they didn't push it on us. So it allowed me to explore my faith. And I probably, all it did, it made it stronger um but probably a little different you know different i got to read about different theologies and different things and i just i'm a big reader so i would just read about everything and anything i could absorb and and it that shaped my faith a lot you know different books from tim keller and rc sprawl and different people that i would read that i loved and that my parents wouldn't you know they come from a totally different (laughs) background but um i never had that moment of of questioning uh, my faith uh per se as learning what it meant to have faith. I think mm-hmm. that's more what it was. Um, and why do I believe? You know, yeah. I do believe, but why? <laughs> you know, yeah. that's, I think that's in the title of your show. <laughs> yeah. So, um, there was a big a why. Yeah, yeah, we did. I ask a lot. I ask why a lot too. And I think yeah. I asked why about my faith. Why do I believe what I believe? And I think you yeah. have to be able to defend it. Uh, if you can't defend it, then why do you think anyone else is going to believe it? That's yeah. kind of the journey I went on. Holly and I have, I mean, it's interesting because we've worked, we've worked in Christian radio for 20 years. You have an opportunity to work with those who are Christian, those who are non-Christian in different forms. Is there a difference? Do you see a difference when it comes to what you do, whether it's 
working with someone who has a faith or someone who doesn't? Huh, that's an interesting question. Well, frankly, I haven't worked with many people <laughs> in a very long time because yeah. I started in I started in Christian music, and my wife okay. was the founding member of Avalon, and I was playing bass for Stephen Kerr's shop. And when we met, and I ended up producing him and writing songs with him, and by very again, I quickly figured out that this was not my calling. My calling was mm. not to do Christian music or to work in, in, uh, and, and preach to the choir, if you will. Um, and I think there's a place for that hundred yeah. percent. Um, that just wasn't my calling. Um, so I moved to LA and got signed by Sony. And, yeah. and since then, I mean, it's been, that was 1999. I've been full-time in mainstream entertainment. Um, so I've been a man on an Island, you know, so, so many times you feel like you're the only Christian on earth. Mm. <laughs> you know, so that's a completely different struggle where um, you have to live out your faith, but in a way um, where you're not going to be, you know, kicked out, you know, basically, because it's, it's a very tricky thing and, and you learn to be wise. And, and um, I've always been very, very clear with everyone. I'm a Christian. Everybody knows it. Mm-hmm. Many don't like it. <laughs> uh, many don't care. Yeah. Um, but if you're excellent at what you do, they keep hiring you anyway. Yeah. So my goal was just, I'm just going to do great work. I'm going to uh, deliver on time, on budget, with a good attitude. And they're going to know I'm a Christian. And that's my ministry. That's it. That's mm-hmm. all I'm going to do. And that's kind of how it's been for a very long time. And then that's built a lot of goodwill in Hollywood where now I get to tell my stories. You know, it was just a long, I say in the movie, there's a line, patience is a good companion for faith. Hmm. Um, and I think we do have to be patient with, you know, cause, um, we all want everything on our timeline, but our timeline is in God's timeline. Um, yeah, so I've been kind of, I know, right. <laughs> well, no, because here's the thing. Okay. If I'd made this movie and I first had the idea for this particular movie, uh, journey to Bethlehem 17 years ago, I can wow. tell you right oh. now, if God had let me make this movie, then it would have been terrible. Just straight yeah. up terrible. Yeah. Um, I needed 17 years of working with the best of the best in Hollywood to learn how to make a good movie. And he knew that. I didn't. Mm. Yeah. So, you know, God pushes pause sometimes on our dreams until we're ready. Matthew 10, 16 was like the verse that guided my my career um, from sending mm. you out like sheep among wolves, be as innocent as doves, be as shrewd as snakes. And mm. I love the imagery, but I thought this seems like the entertainment industry, like this verse, mm. like this mm-hmm. is us as Christians going out into the world and being a light where there is darkness. And then how do we mm-hmm. do that? Well, how do we live a life with excellence? How do mm-hmm. we serve God? And I think, and I, I hear this with a lot of artists as well. Like, how do I determine my calling? Am I going to sing for the church? Am I going to try to make a career of this? Mm. Um, and calling that word is something that a lot of of the, the newer artists that I'm hearing are, are wrestling with. So for you having navigated that idea of calling and understanding that it, it shifts, it's not static. Um, mm. Can you share a little bit about how you were able to figure out the calling that God had for you? And, and how do you, how do you know which way to turn when you get to those crossroads? I feel like our calling, like you, I think you said, the calling is evolving. And I think it is. I think, I think we're constantly being refined and pushed I don't think we know where it all ends. You know, we're not mm. supposed to know. That's what we need faith, but we have to be willing to keep trying and keep, you know, uh, taking those steps of faith and going forward. And many times you'll come to a crossroad and you just have to take a step of faith. You know, obviously you pray about it. Um, and you might be wrong, but you know what? I believe in a God that can even redeem my bad choices when I take the wrong road. You know, <laughs> I feel like I've done that so many times, but guess what? 
failure is a great teacher and prosperity isn't. So I feel like, you know what? I took the wrong road, but I learned so much from that. So was it the wrong road? (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe it was the right one. And that's again, where faith comes in. You keep going, keep turning, keep trying and, and just try to be, uh, in the moment enough to go, what, what can I learn from this? Like, this is obviously a disaster, but what does God want to teach me? And I think if you stay teachable throughout, then he can do a work. It's when we're like, you know, no, or the God's fault, or we start blaming others and whatever. Don't blame others. Just like own it and keep moving. You know, um, I made a lot of mistakes, uh, in my career. Um, but I hope I learned from them. Um, you know, it's interesting working the way I have with so many people, um, that you wouldn't think would hire a Christian. Um, but the rapport that we have and, and how good those relationships have been. Um, I think it comes down to just, showing God's love most of the time, right? Where Christians are so much known for what they don't love now. And it really bothers me. I'm like, we should be known for our love. That's how the church grew in the first place. Christians mm-hmm. were, were loved people radically, mm-hmm. right? In a, in a plague, they would stay and risk dying. And they, you know, they, they would always do the thing that like those crazy Christians, <laughs> you know, but it was always driven by love. It wasn't judgment, you know, and now it's just, Oh, uh, everybody assumes if you're a Christian, you're a judgmental and you're a bigot and you're all these things. I'm like, no, yeah, you, we should be known if they're a Christian. Oh, that means they're going to love me well. And mm. that's kind of what I felt like it needs to be, um, how I approach living in Hollywood. Um, I let God deal with the other stuff. I'm just going to try to love people and do good work and, um, yeah, just try to live my life, um, the way he's called me to. Hmm. Journey to Bethlehem is coming out in just a few days. Uh, an two idea days. that you, sorry, <laughs> two days. I know you're freaking Countdown out. Is on. <laughs> I could ask if you're nervous. I won't. Um, something, something, something that you've sat on for 17 years. I mean, I have great ideas that I think are great ideas that I've sat on for 17 minutes to realize that it's not <laughs> now that it's all come to fruition. Is this everything that you thought it would be or is it more? Uh, it's way more. It's How way so? more. It's, it's way bigger. It's way, uh, again, when I first had this idea, oh, make a little tiny movie, whatever, nobody's going to watch it, whatever. You know, God <laughs> had a much bigger plan. You know, yeah. He waited and waited and waited and waited. And now it's a theatrical release, 5,000 theaters in 37 uh-huh. countries with uh-huh. Antonio Banderas and Milo Mannheim and Lecrae and Joel Smallbone for, for you know, I'm just like, what? <laughs> uh, never could have thought it would become this um, incredible crew. Uh, I have Oscar winners on this thing. Uh, people I just shouldn't have any business having on a movie like this, but they showed up. Why? Because I've been in Hollywood 20 years working with them. They're my friends mm. and they want to help me and they want it to be good and they want it to succeed. Um, and, and just seeing how God has woven all that together to create something so magical and just way more than I ever could have dreamed. Um, it's really kind of surreal. At the same time, the movies come out in two days and 17 years of building up. To it. I feel like a train's coming at me and it's either going to run me over or take me on a ride. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> but you know what? I've been, I've been reflecting on that a lot and I have to be okay with just the journey being what it was about mm. and not success, right? Mm. The success is I can't control that. I, I, I made a movie I'm proud of. Um, it is the movie I wanted to make. Um, and now I just have to let it go. And that's really hard. Um, it's out of my hands. Um, but, uh, I, I really believe 
if I can be content with the fact that God brought this dream to fruition and it was for some reason, whether I see it now or, or later, doesn't matter, man, it, it's a crazy, crazy time for me. Do you ever sit back and maybe in this season or another season going through this journey and just like, why me? <laughs> like it just, <laughs> you said, you said why a lot. And mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm just curious because it sounds like each crossroad could have been a why me moment at some point. Are you experiencing that maybe even now? There's been a lot of them, you know, this why me is like 17 years. And then we were trying to release it during a strike, you know, like what, oh, you know, why yeah. was there a strike? You know, they, those yeah. are definitely why me, you know, because this movie has to come out at Christmas. There's no waiting. You know, all the movies moved. Um, but we had the strike to deal with and, um, but you can't, you know, why me? Why did I have 30 days to make the movie? You know, <laughs> why did I have, there's all these things, you know, but you have to embrace those things. You have to embrace the why me moments in life. And, and, um, maybe it's why me, because God chose you for that very reason. You know, it, it, it's, um, yeah. Mary, did Mary say why me, you know, when God said, you're going to, give birth to the son of God and probably right. Yeah. And I, I explore that in the movie yeah. uh, very much. So, um, and if she's who we thought, which is a humble, humble, a virgin. Well, if she was humble, she would have said, why me? I don't, I, why is this honor being given to me? I've thought about all those things, you know, and, and Joseph who thought he was betrothed to someone and then she's pregnant and he's like, what, why me? <laughs> like what in the world? You know, there's yeah. why me's everywhere in these stories. And I think um, we need to turn that around from why me negative to why me positive. Why me? Well, maybe because this is what you have for me and I'm the right person for it. We know the story. Uh, I mean, it's it's a story that we get to celebrate each and every year, but this gives us a different lens, if you will, um, pun somewhat intended by this. What do you want people, though, to get uh, from this? Do you want it to be, is it a movie for Christians, for Christians to go see, or is it an opportunity for us to also use this as an outreach? 100% made it for everyone but Christians. <laughs> Love it. No, I, I know, look, I'm obviously I'm a Christian and I had to make sure my mom liked it. Um, yeah. Mission one, yes. you know. Yes. Um, it's mom approved. It's mom approved. And, you know, but at the, the end of the day, um, we know the story. Yeah. How do you make this story digestible to everyone else? Hmm. Uh, and that was what I, I tried to do and took all that experience that I have from, from working in Hollywood uh, to just make, you know, it's funny. I was struggling with <clears throat> at the beginning of the movie, it says uh, inspired by a true story, which was really important to me. Number one, it's inspired. It's not a documentary, yeah. right? I know this is exactly what happened. I also know they didn't break into song and dance to pop music. Yeah. Are you sure? So we've, <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty we sure. There. Maybe they did. We know. weren't there. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. The, the, the programming is pretty cool in these songs. So I don't think that happened back then, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So if you just put that aside, you know, this is not ex exactly what happened, but me saying in the beginning, true story was very important. The filmmaker believes this is true, right? So that should set the tone, <laughs> right? Yeah. But now go with me on this. You're going to laugh. Mm. You're going to cry. You're going to love the music. You're going to have a good time. It's vibrant. It's colorful. It's a celebration. Hopefully it moves people uh, in a way that, um, you know, music can break down defenses and can, can kind of cut so much deeper. Yeah. than just words sometimes. And I think it crosses all kinds of barriers and boundaries. Um, and I think 
framing it as a musical with music that's accessible to everyone. That's all I've ever done, right? For 20 wow. years is, is done like, you know, Glee and all these things we talked about. It reached so many people because of the music, you know, the music unites yeah. and it brings people together and it breaks down defenses. So let's frame it like that. So this story can go everywhere. So it can travel and, and everyone's going to love it. You know, that's, that was the goal. Uh, bring your neighbors. You know, it's hard to invite uh, neighbors and friends to church. It's not hard to go to the movies. Yeah. You know, it's just not. And and this movie, you won't be embarrassed. Uh, I've screened it a hundred times now, literally around the country, not for Christians. Um, and people love the movie. So you can be confident that you're going to love it. And so will your unsafe friends or your agnostic friends or your, yeah. you know, just friends who like musicals or people who love Christmas and want to celebrate Christmas, whatever it is, go and see what Christmas is about. Um, you know, watch this then elf. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Oh my goodness. All right. There's a question I ask my kids and myself when I go through like a day or finish like a big project. I say, what was your highlight and what was your low light? So making this 12 or 17 year, you know, goal a reality, can you think of one highlight and then maybe instead of like a low light, like a learning moment for you? Um, man, a learning moment that's been every like day. Everything. I know it sounds dumb, <laughs> but it really has. Um, gosh, every day. You know what? It, it highlights. Gosh, every day. Um, this is a terrible answer. It's just, it's been. Geez, Holly, could you ask a more vague question and be so hard no, on him? Can I, can I, I give a more terrible, vague answer? What was it like true. when Joel and Antonio Banderas fought each other? Yeah, you know. <laughs> Gosh. Uh, okay, I'll give you a highlight. Okay. highlight, um, highlight. One highlight. Let's just say there's a lot of highlights, but okay. one highlight okay. was when we got okay. Antonio, because Antonio okay. had been like top of my list for three years, and uh, you know I'm not gonna get Antonio Banderas. They're like, "What are you crazy? It's not happening." Yeah. And so we get to the manager. He likes the script, likes the song, plays a song for Antonio, who loves the song, but he's like, "Yeah, I can't sing that. It's too high." Hmm. And kind of dismissed it. And then his manager's like, "Well, he's directing and starring in a play." He can't be bothered with this right now. It's just not going to work out. Well, they also told me I wasn't going to direct and I wasn't going to write this and it was never going to get made. So I don't really take <laughs> no for an answer very well. Right. It's just a challenge for me. So I'm like, well, where is he directing and starring in this play? And he says Madrid and Spain. I'm like, well, that's funny because I'm prepping the movie in Madrid, Spain. Hmm. And this, hmm. this manager is in L.A. So I'm like, that's not a coincidence. So uh, we start going to the show. <laughs> we start buying tickets and like stalking Antonio. Um, and I keep telling the manager, like, I'm here. Tell him to come talk to us, you know. And finally, long story short, uh, my producer became a friend, met a really close friend of Antonio's at one of these shows. And he said, I'll get him to come out, come back tomorrow. So we come to the next show again. And look, it's a four hour play in Spanish, mm. right? It's so long, and there's one word in English, California. That's all I heard for four hours. And I'm sitting there dying. I'm so tired. It's night, late at night. And then the show finishes. Then a Q&A starts in Spanish with film students for two hours. Mm. Then finally at two in the morning, Antonio comes out. And I have five minutes to pitch him this movie. And he's he's like, I can't sing the song. I'm like, yes, you can. He's like, what are you talking about? I said, every night I've been coming here, and I had a little piano on my iPhone. I said, you've been singing this same note. Alive. Mm. But so you can sing it and you're going to kill it. 
Um, so he's like, Oh, okay. And then, so we got through that and he's like, well, tell me what your vision is. And I told him the vision and he goes, you know what? I like you. And I'd asked the manager, what do I need him to say to know that we've got him? And he said, if he says, talk to my manager, you've got him. So as he, he looks at me, he goes, I like you talk to my manager. <laughs> like, yes. Love it. We, we got Antonio Banderas. So that was, that was the, we were floating home at three in the morning in Madrid. Uh, that was a huge moment. Um, but yeah, low lights, uh, when it was over. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah that's that. deflating. Yeah. You become a family. We had 370 crew and cast and, um, you're just in the trenches and then it's just gone and everybody goes about their lives and it's, it's a very sad, empty thing that you have to deal with, but, yeah. um, but still beautiful in some way too. So Holly and I can't sing, but Holly and I can stalk. So you Good. just let us know where Everyone you're going to be. This is terrible. We shouldn't tell people to stalk people. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> let us know where you're going to be, Adam, because Holly and I have some ideas. <laughs> I'm also the worst stalker. I am not like, I haven't mastered the art of subtlety. So I didn't hang out outside his house. I mean, we were buying tickets to a play. <laughs> I started. I had a relationship with my wife for six months and then she saw the binoculars and I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, Journey well, to uh, Bethlehem, which is in theaters coming up November the 10th. Bring a friend, buy them popcorn. He's the uh, twin brother that I never knew that I had. Journey to Bethlehem movie.com. I underscore am underscore Adam Anders, my friend. This has been uh, amazing. Thank you so much for taking some Thank time and sharing me. your heart. Thank you. Thank you, guys. It's great. Uh, next time, pick the right color shirt. It is a good reminder, though, that the first weekend is the important weekend for movies. Yes. And so get out and see it so that they can continue to add theaters. Absolutely. It looks like it's phenomenal. I can't wait to see it. We'll be taking my kids. Yeah. I'm going to have to explain why Zed is playing Joseph, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> They'll figure it out soon enough. But can I just say like how incredible it is that we now have films in theaters mm. that are encouraging, that are life-giving, and they are really great quality. Yeah. I mean – do you remember back in the 80s when the first bunch of, you know, faith films came out and it was just, oh, well, that was cute. And now, yeah. I mean, they, they've achieved excellence in a whole new way and they're, they're encouraging the audience in their faith or towards a faith. So honestly, we live in an exciting day and age with all the ups and downs. And yeah. I'm just so excited. I can't wait to see it with the kids. 17 years of holding on to something. Yeah. So if you're sitting in a pocket of it's been a week or a month or six months, 17 years. Yeah. So it just goes to show that uh, it's not in our time. Exactly. It's in God's no. time and we can't make the plan. He's already got the plan in place. We've been uh, working on this thing for over six and a half, over uh, 300 episodes and we are thankful to all the projectors uh, following us on Instagram or Facebook or YouTube or Twitter X or whatever they call it. X. We are thankful. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I'm not cool. We don't have a ticket talk yet, um, but we are thankful and we're going to continue to let this thing grow. We will. And don't forget, you can always download, rate, review, subscribe, and you can check out the YouTube channel if you're not here already. And you can always go to faithstrongtoday.com.